From Public Health Institute, welcome to the PHI CDC Global Health Podcast, the podcast that highlights stories from the PHI CDC Global Health Fellowship Program, a U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention funded program implemented by the Public Health Institute. Our fellows are guided by CDC Global Health experts and work on the front lines of global health, developing the technical and professional skills needed to make meaningful contributions to today's global health challenges. I'm your host, Whitney Sturton Hall, the program's administration and communications lead. Our guest today is Dr. Ali Nune Kabai. Dr. Kabai is a mentor for the program and is an epidemiologist for the Epidemiology and Strategic Information Branch at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Malawi. At the time of recording this interview, Dr. Kabai was in a rural area of Malawi responding to the polio outbreak. So you may hear some slight background noise, but I want to especially thank Ali Nune, as he prefers to be called, for making the effort to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Ali Nune. I'm so excited to hear about your background and all that you contribute to CDC and just to public health in general. Um, so maybe we could get started with uh, what your current role at CDC is and how long have you worked with the agency? Thanks, uh, Whitney, and, and glad to um, glad that I was I was invited. Um, so I, I am an epidemiologist and I have been with CDC Malawi for just over two years. Uh, having joined them uh, when COVID-19 was uh, was hitting the country. What sparked your initial interest in public health or global health, and how did you get started in the field of public health? Right. Um, so initially I trained as a medical doctor, um, and I started working uh, in, in the government uh, hospitals here in, in Malawi. Um, however, I noted that uh, due to challenges in uh, resources, um, it was uh, difficult to sometimes diagnose and, and, and treat patients. So as much as you know what, what you want to do or what's supposed to be done, you, will, you may not have access to uh, the resources to get that done. So that includes tests, um, imaging, etc., and sometimes even um, certain drugs. So most of these conditions tended to be preventable. Um, and, and therefore, I thought that addressing the underlying determinants of the diseases would, um, uh, uh, would, would be uh, more efficient. Um, so I, I thought as a clinician, you're only able to treat uh, individual, individual patients. But as a public health practitioner, um, you can use informed decisions to prevent uh, illness in the, in the first place. So as an epidemiologist, uh, I am able to look at uh, data and, and determine what uh, underlying um, uh, factors are, are contributing to particular illnesses and conditions. Great. And did you um, receive your medical training in, in Malawi, in Lilongwe, or somewhere else? Yes, that is correct. So in Malawi, we only had one one medical school, um, and so that that medical school is, is based at uh, the College of Medicine. Now it's called uh, uh, um, Kamuzu University of Health Health Sciences, but it's based in in Lilong, in Blantyre. Sorry. Okay, great. And from there, how did you come to work at CDC? So sh- shortly before joining CDC, I was working as uh, a team lead um, for uh, a research unit, uh, which was under actually the College of Medicine then. Um, I was involved in, in malaria work. Um, 
I was involved in setting up a clinical trial uh, for uh, malaria and anemia in children. Um, it, it was quite, it, I have been working in clinical trials for quite a while and I had felt that um, it, it probably was time to move on to um, looking at um, implementing evidence and, and sort of using more real uh, real life scenarios to uh, to make decisions. So, if you think about clinical trials, um, you really have sort of stringent um, requirements for participants, which which is not what you see in real in real in real life. Um, working and when I made that decision to join CDC, I knew that I'd be working with data that is probably routinely collected. And look and and sort of use that data uh, to inform um, some of the key key um, key decisions. Are you typically specializing in malaria with your work in CDC, or are you working on on? I know you mentioned COVID as well. Um. So n n so yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not working with with malaria at the moment uh, with CDC Malawi. Uh, the, the the main focus of um, the, the the CDC work in Malawi is on HIV. So I had to transition from really having worked on malaria for over six years to starting to work with um, with HIV. The good thing is when I joined uh, CDC Malawi, I, f I found a team of um, people that are really have been working with malaria for for some time, and and I was able to re to to catch up um, um, with uh, the work that they're doing and 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 contribute uh, towards um, uh, um, the the work for for CDC Malawi. So, uh, what I would say is you, the the principles are the same uh, when you think of of diseases, when you think of epidemiology, when you think of public health. I think it's just a matter of really trying to 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 be to familiarize yourself and and understand the the the, the context, um, understand the challenges that are affecting the specific diseases, understand who is being affected, and understand what can uh, what can be done and why it can not be done, and try and address. Um, such uh, such 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 issues. I do uh, COVID work, um, so in general, uh, public health surveillance, including um, including outbreaks. So you you may you may have heard about the recent um, uh, polio out outbreak in the country. Um, we are uh, the team is involved in in that uh, in 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 trying to um, respond to it. So both through surveillance and and and. Uh, implementing uh, interventions. My next question for you was going to be about, you know, are there any field experiences in other regions um, that stand out to you as highlights of your career? So I know that you're, I believe you're in a rural area of Malawi now, um, like you said, uh, responding to polio. So um, it would yeah, it would be really interesting to, to hear more about that or if there's any other kind of field experiences um, that you'd like to talk about. Sure. So um, we, uh, th th I, th there's a lot of food experience that we have apart from sitting in the office in in uh, um, in, uh, in Lilongwe. So at the moment we're actually um, I'm with uh, um, Josh, who's also a fellow. 
with us now. Uh, we are uh, doing a supervision of birth defect surveillance. So this is um, it's an active uh, surveillance system that was set up to try and um, uh, actively to record, systematically record uh, birth defects that are occurring. So this data is otherwise missing uh, in Malawi. So the, the surveillance system allows us to describe in detail um, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the birth defects that are occurring. In the long term, we want to be able to try and determine what uh, are some of the factors that are contributing to those birth defects. We are specifically um, interested in uh, antiretroviral um, uh, uh, treatment that, uh, that mothers may be uh, taking during, during pregnancy. Um, the, the fellows here have, a, have, have an opportunity to join the field, so some of the fellows were able to also join uh, the, the uh, the polio response, um, they were able to go and uh, supervise or monitor um, their supplementary immunization uh, activities and the, the whole process of trying to uh, look at uh, the, the, the coverage, confirm whether um, uh, coverage was achieved for, um, uh, for, for, the, for the, the intervention. Um, apart from that, we um, with recency surveillance, which which is related to sort of looking at um, uh, people that are testing for that are testing positive for the first time for HIV, whether that uh, that infection is recent, and looking at that data and 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 seeing where and who um, is is um, subpopulations that are affected that have a lot of ongoing transmission and that sort of information helps us to make decisions on on uh, um, uh, what interventions we should um, we should implement when we do identify these um, uh, these subpopulations or certain geographic areas we um, we go to those uh, to the facilities um, which are flagged uh, and we conduct interviews with um, uh, key stakeholders um, including uh, health facility personnel and, and some community representatives and, and get to understand why maybe there the, 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 the may be um, high or ongoing uh, HIV transmission. The, the team really I would say has a lot on their, on the, on their plate. Um, the, the portfolio also covers work on um, medical certification of cause of death um, verbal autopsy, which is uh, it's just started uh, implementation, so I think there's a lot of field work involved in that, ensuring that um, uh, uh, the data collectors are able to collect the data uh, um, properly, and we look at the data and provide feedback uh, on on that. Um, also, HIV drug resistance surveillance um, that also requires us to. Uh, train health facilities to recruit um, participants, collect blood samples, um, etc. This is sort of modeled um, the epidemic intelligence, um, the EIS, the CDC EIS, um, but you, you sort of have a basic level, intermediate level, and an advanced level. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, how how often are you usually in the field then responding um, or you know researching kind of all the projects that you were talking about? 
because of COVID, we there were restrictions uh, in terms of um, uh, movement uh, within within the agency, and and the reason, of course, was you know the mitigation uh, measures. So we were during the past two years, we have not been able to do a lot of um, uh, field um, uh, activities. However, now that uh, COVID seems to have uh, subsided, there's. Uh, uh, there are very few new cases occurring uh, and in general the the CDC office m the majority if not close to uh, um, more than 90% of staff have been vaccinated uh, we've started to uh, to actually actively um, get involved with um, uh, the field activities maybe in a month we may need maybe two weeks field of uh, field activities um, sometimes but uh, essentially yeah, I think it's really a, if you can imagine that uh, the, the number of uh, activities that we're supporting um, there's quite a, a lot of um, uh, um, hands-on uh, involvement that's that's required yes you sound very busy <laughs> so um well yeah thank you so much for sharing um this is you know pretty big question but it would be great to hear your perspective both as a medical doctor and um you know as an epidemiologist um, so what are some of the greatest lessons you've learned so far working in public health or in global health i would say um respecting um, your target audience. So I think that we know of all the interventions. We know there have been clinical trials, as I, as I said, I've worked in clinical trials before. There have been clinical trials, there have there, been a lot of intervention, uh, interventional um, research uh, where they demonstrate um, that uh, intervention A is, um, is effective for, for disease X. However, it, it's always difficult to understand um, why, um, despite the, the existence of the intervention, despite that people are aware of an intervention, why, they, you, know, why, why you don't see a decrease or you don't see a proportionate a decrease in, in, in a disease. You find that there are other additional behavior to take into consideration. So understanding the context, understanding the social dynamics um, in a community really does help. From here on out, the rest of the questions you'll hear are answered by Ali Nune separately because we had some internet connectivity issues during our interview due to his um, location being in a rural area responding to the polio outbreak. So um, next up, he wraps up this last question that he had started to answer about um, the greatest lessons he's learned in global health. Well, the greatest lessons I've learned, I would say, include the need to collaborate and appreciate other disciplines and uh, expertise. Um, while one may have experience and skills in a specific discipline, we always uh, need to work with others to ensure that we are collectively contributing to a common goal. Uh, sometimes, especially early in our career, we try to do everything, everything ourselves, but we run the risk of not discovering our passion or what we ultimately may be good at. Although, to an extent, we do need to understand and appreciate how and what others can contribute, but uh, we need to also make sure that we, um, we work as part of, the, of, of a team. 
Next up, Ali Nune talks about fellows and supporting them as a mentor. So since fellows come to Malawi, um, he discusses what qualities he thinks helps them make the most of their fellowship and also how they contribute to the office and division in Malawi. I would say qualities, I think, help fellows make the most out of their fellowship, especially when working outside uh, the U.S., uh, being adaptable. Um, by this, I mean willing to adjust to a different uh, environment and uh, acknowledging the society and culture, whether in the office or outside. Um, this may require investing some time and having genuine interest in, in understanding the, the people uh, that you work with uh, in the office, but also the communities that uh, you ultimately are serving. PHI fellows um, have made a lot of noticeable uh, and important contributions to CDC Malawi within our branch, which is the uh, Epidemiology and Strategic Information Branch. We are involved in supporting the Field Epidemiology Training Program, FETP, uh, which is a program for strengthening um, public health workforce in Malawi. In addition, we also support national household surveys, uh, population-based um, impact assessment um, for HIV, and we also host several other surveillance activities, including drug resistance, HIV recency surveillance, and mortality surveillance. Within this scope, we have placed the fellows in the forefront, and most of them serve as the the points of contact uh, for for all these for these projects and activities, and we rely on them to uh, support, coordinate uh, the uh, the implementation of these activities. We have also tried to make it a point uh, for our fellows to who have access to data uh, to be able to analyze and disseminate this data. Uh, at local and international conferences, as well as in peer-reviewed peer publications. I asked Ali Nune about influential mentors he's had in his life, and here's what he responded. Uh, yes, there, have, there are mentors that have been influential in my career. I will mention my PhD supervisor, and a special mention to Professor Kamija Piri, um, the, the main reason why I, 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 I think these mentors were very influential was the, uh, the trust that they had in me when I started uh, doing my PhD. Uh, I felt to an extent that they had more trust in me than I had in myself. And, and their trust in me gave me a, a lot of confidence to, to keep on the PhD journey and ultimately uh, uh, graduate uh, my PhD. Uh, within uh, within a, a, a reasonable time, this experience has also taught me to, to try and demonstrate confidence in my team, and and that is why, as I said uh, earlier, that we try to put um, the the fellows in the forefront, and let them try and uh, coordinate and implement, and we support from uh, from behind. Next, he talks about technical and soft skills that he thinks are most important today in working in global health. Overall, I think an important skill is being systematic in how we approach any problem or, or gap that we want to address. Um, this means uh, the need to understand uh, and carefully define the problem uh, we're addressing. To do this, we, we need to be able to find uh, information and therefore 
I think being able to find and critique information is 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 key is a key skill. Uh, this skill is uh, required is a meticulous process and it, it requires a lot of patience, uh, time and and, and uh, diligence. I would say emotional intelligence um, is a key soft skill. And for me, this means being on top of your emotions and then being able to read and understand other people's uh, emotions. Um, this is key when working in a multidisciplinary environment, which uh, often occurs in global health. And for one to be able to read and understand other people's emotions, um, I, I think they need to have as I said earlier, invested into under, in understanding the culture, their society. So I think with emotional intelligence, one is able to avoid um, uh, or deal with conflicts, and but also they are able to really effectively work and contribute to, to the team. Lastly, Ali Nune shares what has helped him enter the public health field and succeed, and what advice he has for others who are interested in working in the field as well. What I believed helped me uh, were some of the mentors I had early in my career. As I moved from a, a clinical uh, a physician uh, to into research and public health, um, I started to identify and work with several experienced persons and peers who were able to provide uh, guidance in in their different fields. So. I had to, for example, I had to be able to analyze data. I, I worked with a statistician who was um, was very good, but also they were a peer actually when when I was starting my career. Um, I needed to be able to uh, contribute to the design and, and implementation of a household survey, and I worked with a very experienced epidemiologist, and I knew that they had that expertise. I needed to understand uh, you know, some qualitative research and I worked with uh, a qualitative researcher who, who I also felt had a very good um, uh, experience and skills. So I think just identifying those key people and, and, and being able to know that um, they, what, how they can contribute to, to your career, approaching them and, and, and uh, uh, making it clear that you have that interest, I, I, I feel is something that has been key uh, in my career. Thank you. I want to sincerely thank Ali Nune again for speaking with me, especially while in the field and just taking the time to talk more about his background. Uh, we also talked to his mentee, or one of his mentees, Reno Stevens, who is in Malawi, and he just got there in February of 2022 this year. So he shares a little bit of what it's like to have Ali Nune as a mentor. So I started as a mid-year fellow under the mentorship of Alan Nune, or Nune as we call him in the office. I actually joined at a very interesting time, right? like major transitionings were happening in regards to COVID policies and just returning back to the office and all that. And fortunately, I actually came at a very opportune time where we were actually starting to transition back into the office and now are back full-time in the office five days a week. So it's actually made the onboarding process easier and more comfortable and just a smoother process overall, being able to meet with Nune in person and actually get to see his face, which is nice. He's a very comical person, which I've learned, uh, come to learn with a lot of practical advice and just interesting stories and opinions to share. 
as it's only been about two months since I started working with him and arriving in country, there is still a lot to learn about communication styles and each other's preferences for just how we like to operate. He has been a great thought-provoking leader, which I've come to realize, who really likes to engage others and hear different perspectives without judgment, which I do really very much appreciate. I'm really looking forward to what's to come moving forward with the team. Thank you to our guests, Dr. Alinune Kabai and Reno Stevens for contributing to this episode. Thanks to you all for tuning in to the PHI CDC Global Health Podcast. The podcast is a project of the PHI CDC Global Health Fellowship Program implemented by the Public Health Institute and its partner consortium with universities for global health for the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Please join us next time as we share more fellowship stories. To learn more about our program and see how we are making meaningful contributions to today's global health challenges, visit our website at phi-cdcfellows.org. If you enjoy the podcast, you can always subscribe or rate us and leave a review, which helps other listeners find the podcast. For questions, please email us at info at phi-cdcfellows.org. This podcast is produced by Whitney Sturton Hall. Thank you to Mike Sage, Christine Caraballo, Felicia Warren, CDC Center for Global Health, PHI, and CUGH.